is Coach Marcy, and welcome to Why Me, the Career Transition Podcast. Today, I am going to talk about professional certifications. So many of us understand that when you're out of work and it's a little difficult to find a new job, we still want to occupy ourselves with doing something. So the question was asked, is a professional certification worth the effort. What are the advantages of having a professional certification in your career? So in my opinion, I would say it is awesome to have professional certifications. It does not, however, replace the college degree. So the question is, will that certification pay off as much as a degree program? I believe it will have an impact on your qualifications. It, in some cases, it can even be given consideration in equality to having a degree completed. And it can also help you have a head up on your competition. So professional certifications can have a positive impact on job-related qualifications that your potential employer perceives that you possess. Some employers place a lot of weight on additional knowledge or skills. So having passed a certification exam looks awesome on your resume. Even if you've completed part of a degree program, the certification is like icing on the cake. So that is the number one thing to uh, talk about. Number two, some professions or fields actually give you the same exact weight as having a degree. So for instance, I do have a master's in human resource management, but I do not hold a SHRM certification or an HCI certification. And that is mainly because I've been in human resources from before those two organizations were established and began testing. So I'm kind of grandfathered in based on the years of experience. I do have other certificate programs that I have participated in very recently to have updated on my resume. So that is equivalent to saying I am still a professional in my field and I have also obtained professional certification to show that I am still learning everything on the cutting edge that they're teaching today. So an IT professional who has also um, who was also a hiring manager, said to me years ago that he, he gave a high level of consideration to candidates who held certain certifications than those with degrees in the field. And he did that because his observation was that certification preparation often equipped individuals with more real workplace applicable competencies needed on the job than those gained by a degree program only. Remember, the degree is what you're doing in a classroom setting or maybe even a virtual setting. So this is not real life events that may be occurring. Whereas taking the certification you're actually participating in workplace scenario types of roles. So you do a lot of role playing. Finally, 
Let's suppose that you are one of the top two candidates for a job. You and the other candidate hold degrees in your field, but you also have a professional certification. The other candidate doesn't. Your certification could be enough to help you have the edge over the competition. Think about it. Isn't that what we all want to do when we when we aspire toward our dream jobs? We want to prove that we have that extra thing that pushes it across the finish line before our competition gets there. So a certification would be the best way to accomplish that. With the cost of formal educations rising, like constantly, almost every single semester, the rates go up. Some people are opting for certifications instead of going back to school to get an additional degree. I I, I 100% support that because that certification, as mentioned, gives you so much of a real life experience through role playing versus just doing the coursework and and not actually having actual scenarios. We're going to take a brief break. And when we return, we're going to also cover how to effectively manage your time during your job search. Be right back. Welcome back to Why Me, the Career Transition Podcast with Coach Marcy. We're going to go ahead and discuss time management in this segment. Time management is allotting the correct time for your actual job search. How do you know how to calculate the time you should spend looking for work? One of the ways that I did it when I was unemployed was I simply designated specific days to look for work. So I thought about it. Because I'm in HR recruiting, what days were absolutely hands-off of looking at resumes and applications? And the busiest days for recruiters and hiring managers is Monday and Friday. So what I did as a job seeker is on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I dedicated a specific amount of time just for job search. And by doing so, it allowed me to focus my other days on actually doing research for the organizations which I applied for. So let's say, for instance, if I started my week off on Monday and I know on Friday I was doing research as well, I I would put down all of the companies that I applied for and they would be in a spreadsheet, name of the company. If I had hiring manager information, I would include that as well. Don't forget to look that up on LinkedIn just to be safe. And then I would put the date that I applied in the title of the position. On the days that I'm not actually looking for work and applying to positions, I would do research about the company. The first place I would start would be LinkedIn. The the second place would be then to go to Google. My third resort is Glassdoor. Most organizations use Glassdoor as well. So I like to look and see what everyone else thinks about the company positions that they have, as well as their salary ranges and expectations of their employees. 
So on those days, that is what I would focus on. And the reason for me keeping a spreadsheet is because you want to be prepared in the event you receive a phone call. The best part about making sure your time is managed is it allows you to come up with a ballpark number of resumes and applications that you would like to complete each day. My goal was always set to 25 for each day, knowing that it was very hard to achieve, but it also forced me to look every possible place there was for different roles. I mean this to say, make sure you utilize all job boards possible. What's not in Indeed may be in Monster, may be in Career Builder, may be in LinkedIn, may be in ZipRecruiter, may be in USA Jobs. It can be listed on the website for the Department of Labor and not be listed on other platforms. So be very mindful of that as well. And you want to also be able to list in that spreadsheet when you apply which website you utilized to apply for the position. It is extremely important to remember that as well because they may not post everywhere and they want to know where you heard from them. The next thing I would like to make sure we talk about is understanding that your resume is the story of your employment, but it should not be the same story every single time. So if I am looking for a role in HR but not recruiting, I may want to tailor my resume a little bit more to look at HR instead of recruiting. So I may still incorporate some of the tasks that I had, but I don't want to make it look like I specialized in recruiting more than I did in HR. And I will also be sure to incorporate the certifications that we talked about in the first segment of this podcast. Any certifications that are applicable to the roles for which you're applying even if they are LinkedIn learning certifications. They are very important because, again, it gives you the leverage to say, I took this course, I took a quiz at the end, I did very well, I got a certification. If you are not able to pass those LinkedIn learning certifications, that shows you may not be as well-versed in some of the platforms that you state that you are good in. So be very mindful of that as well. Lastly, let's talk about what happens when you do get a phone call. A lot of times we are not prepared to take phone calls, but when we are looking for work, we're expecting calls, but not really prepared for them. So when you apply, Please know that you put yourself on notice that you are on call. You applied, so be ready 24-7 to receive that call. When I recruit, I actually make phone calls at 7 or 8 p.m. Because my assumption is that you may either have a part-time job or a full-time job already. You may have a family. So I take all of those things into consideration when I contact candidates and I go ahead and I reach out. If you don't answer, it's okay for them to leave a voice message because you don't recognize a number. But please note, if you answer, be professional when you answer the phone. Have a professional tone, sound bubbly, and also have a professional voice message. 
So the one thing that turns recruiters off is when they call you and they hear like the 80s or 90s voice message that has music in the background and then you come on with this this warm voice that says, hey, you've reached me at my voice message. You know what to do. That is not considered professional. A professional voice message would say, you have reached the voicemail box of Coach Marcy. Thank you so much for calling, but I am not available to take your call at this time. Please leave a message and I will return your call as swiftly as possible. There's a big difference between the two. Be sure to always stay professional. When you have your phone interview, please discuss achievements and awards. Do not simply summarize your resume. That is the worst thing that you can do because your hiring manager already knows how to read. I'm almost positive that they do not need you to summarize their resume all over again and list out your awards and achievements. And lastly, notify all of your references to let them know in advance that you will be using them as a reference. Let them know you are on the job search and the type of work you're looking for and ask them, hey, if you receive a call, can you tell me a little bit about what you would say about me? Because you'd be very surprised of what people's perception are of you and what they may say to the hiring manager. So the first thing you want to make sure you do is confirm that that is actually a good reference as well. So that means you also need to confirm that they answer the phone professionally and that they have a professional voice message. The best way to do this is send a referral and provide their business contact information so you're guaranteed that they are always on their toes when they answer the call. It's been great having this conversation with you today. As always, please send your podcast topics to me at Coach Marcy at CoachMarcy.net. And if you would like a resume review, you are welcome to send your resume to my email because I do provide free resume review services. There is a 48-hour turnaround period on resume review services, but please be sure that I will actually review send my recommendations, and schedule a call with you to discuss all of the methods behind what I have added and included with your resume review. Again, my name is Coach Marcy, and thank you so much for listening today.